Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin, doing my post-game pod for the Mavs. Uh, first win of the season, their home opener against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it was everything you wanted to see from the Mavs as they bounced back from that loss. And we'll get into that. Plus, we'll talk about some of the other uh, things going on around the NBA, a little bit of that towards the end. But we will start with this Mavs game. And uh, a lot of things stick out in this Mavs game. For one, there is, uh, let me see, eight players scoring in double figures. Uh, It's sort of a crazy stat. Um, Dwight Powell was two points away. Or sorry, there's not eight players. Only four players in double figures. Um, I don't know what I'm looking at. Four players in double figures. And Maxi was a point away from being a fifth. Um, the high, the basically the player that started it off uh, was Luca. Obviously, he had twenty one, I think, in the first quarter. I think that was his uh, point total. He ended the game with thirty two. Now he didn't play uh, the fourth quarter at all. Uh, they didn't need him in the fourth quarter. He did get 10 assists and seven rebounds. Uh, two of those rebounds were offensive. Uh, one of them was fantastic. I, you know, he is a good rebounder in traffic. That's one of his most underrated abilities, his ability to rebound. And, you know, I knew his rebounds would sort of go down a bit uh, when they brought in, you know, McGee and Wood. Uh, those guys can rebound. And we'll get to Christian Wood here in a minute. But, uh, Obviously, those guys can rebound. Uh, you know, Luca no longer has to be the guy they're relying on. You know, last year Luca was obviously clearly their best rebounder, and so it was tough watching all the bigs out there just struggle to get a rebound. But uh, he had ten assists and two steals and two blocks. Uh, one of his blocks he had on um, Brandon Clark. I think that's his name. And he took it down, threw an alley-oop to Christian Wood. Obviously, the fans went crazy, as they should. Overall, Luca, I sort of think, wanted to make up for um, the the opening game against Phoenix. It, it Obviously, it was frustrating. But, you know, like, like I had said in that game, it's just one game. You move on to the next, and you... You show that you're really a good team, like they did tonight. Um, Luca was four for five. He didn't quite shoot as many free throws, but he only missed one, which you can't ask for more. Uh, he was four for nine on his threes, uh, which is forty four percent, which is a lot better than the first game. And overall, just a, a fantastic game. He he's averaging around thirty three points a game in this young season. Obviously, that's probably going to change, but, you know, it's a good start. Uh, The other guy, obviously, that shows up, and he only played 25 minutes, Christian Wood. Now, I will say, had it been a closer game, I'm hoping that would have been around 30. Obviously, he came out halfway through the fourth, and they they no longer needed you know, starters, everybody got to play. Uh, 
But Christian Wood scored 25, had 12 rebounds, four offensive rebounds. Um, he had three assists, surprising enough. He had a block. And he had 14 free throws tonight. 14 free throws. That's, you know, he had 10 in the first game and 14 tonight. And this time, though, he made 12 of them. I, I just don't think you can ask for anything more than that from a big guy. 12 for 14, I'll take 10 days out of 10, right? I, I, that's fantastic. Um, it, it, overall, it's just everybody got to see that he's, you know, somebody posted on, on Twitter, I was reading Twitter, and somebody posted that, you know, he was better than Porzingis. And I, that's, it's sort of obvious, um, even just after two games, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to like knock on Porzingis. Um, Washington has got off to a decent start this year. Uh, Porzingis, he's not scored a lot this year, and there's just things that Christian Wood can do that that Porzingis just couldn't do. And it is pretty clear that Wood, I think, is far better player than Porzingis, and. I, you know, Porzingis sort of isn't the same player I think he used to be. Injuries sort of took him in a different direction. But, you know, Christian Wood was taking guys off the dribble. He posts up. He rebounds offensively, defensively. You know, the complaint about his defense, I, I just, I'm not seeing it. Is there like, if you broke it down and you saw a rotation that might have been missed, sure. That's going to be every player, right? And that's going to happen to everyone. But he's where he needs to be. Just because he's not, say, blocking a shot or whatever. When a guy is, as long as he is, if he's jumping, he's he's going to force the player to alter his shot, right? And just because he might not get the block doesn't mean he didn't defend the shot and cause the miss. So... Christian Wood was just fantastic again. At some point, I don't know if they're going to start him or if he's just going to continue to come off the bench. Um, what I do know is that I, they're at some point. I, I think Dallas, and this is something that ha probably has to happen at the end of the year or the beginning of next year, or whatever. I think Dallas needs to resign him. I don't think there's another player available this offseason that's better than Christian Wood. And I just think they need to figure it out. If he wants to start, he needs to start. I don't know, but losing a player as good as he is and Dallas not having the ability to replace a player as good as he is sort of is one of those things where it's like I just need them to go ahead and lock him up for a few years, but uh, I know it's a little early to talk contract talk, but um, Tim Hardaway Jr. played a decent game. You know, he had 16 points. He was two for six on his threes. One of the things that stuck out for Hardaway was his free throws. He was eight for eight. It, it's good to see Hardaway take twos. Um, I, I like two-point shots when a guy is not hitting his threes. And I think that's something that needs to be sort of drilled into guys more often. If your three's not falling, twos are still important. And I like that he had eight free throws. He did get fouled, I think, on a three-pointer, so that was three of his free throws. But 
Um, he played a lot better than he did against Phoenix. And, you know, it's... Like I said, he, he can be a frustrating player because, you know, he can go like 11 for 12 on his threes one game and then 1 for 12 the next. and So it can be frustrating. But, you know, today I, I felt like he was... He was more willing to take two pointers, and I, and I think that's what he's going to have to do all season. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie scored fifteen. He was three for five on his threes. Um, I thought he played very well. He was uh, he played twenty eight minutes. Um, he was only second to Luca, uh, which is sort of interesting because usually. You know, Dorian and Bullock are getting all the minutes, but to see Spencer up there with all those minutes. Now, I think Spencer stayed in with the guys in the fourth quarter for a while, but, uh, you know, he, like Spencer, I, I'd like to see him get more consistent. I, I know um, last year when he was had the bench role, he wasn't, like, super consistent, but he didn't have to be. But I think this year it's going to be important for him to be consistent. So, um 15 a game would be just fine for me because that's that's sort of what you know that's what Brunson did last year and you basically just want to match that so it's it's Woods bench points that are going to be the difference for this team right so I thought Dinwiddie had a good game um, JaVel McGee had six points three for four he had six rebounds two offensive he had two blocks. Uh, you know, he play, only played 13 minutes. I, You know, I don't know if that's sort of going to be the plan because he's not playing a ton of minutes, and I'm fine with that because I think you're going to need him more on some nights than others. So, um, you know, 13 minutes is a good number. 13, I think, 13 to 16 is a good number for McGee, especially if, you know, Wood's the guy that's going to be there. I did see a point where McGee and Wood were playing at the same time. It didn't last very long. It was a short... Uh, span, but I, I did find it interesting that they were both out there. Um, Dorian played well. Obviously, he had that. Uh, you know, he had five rebounds, but one of those was on that missed free throw where he got an and one. It's stuff like that. You know, he does um, offensive rebounds. You know, he he's always been good at that. Um, he had three of them. So. Uh, you know, I, he only took four three-pointers. He's not taking a lot of shots this year yet. I, I'm sure those will come. But, you know, when he's in the corner over there, I, I like his corner three. Obviously, he shoots those well. So I, I think I think people know about that. I, I think he's been in the league long enough. And I, I, at some point, I think guy like teams are starting to scout that. And I'm, I just that's something I kind of want to watch as the year progresses because I think his shooting percentage on the corner three is in like insanely high. And I, I think that's something that guy like teams are figuring out. They're like, he's no longer like a guy who you can just sort of hide. It, you, they're going to, they've got a scheme for that, that play. So uh, Bullock had a good game. He had eight points, um, three rebounds and a steal. Um, it was, it was, a typical Bullock game. He's going to, you know, defend and shoot threes. Uh, he was two for four. Uh, Maxi actually had a Maxi had a good game. A lot better than the Phoenix game. I thought the Phoenix game he was sort of passive. 
Um, I liked seeing him take the shots. He was two for three on his threes. Maxie's a good three-point shooter. He needs to take those shots. He had eight rebounds, and he had two steals. Um, I was happy to see him take more shots because, you know, those open threes are open. You know, those are practice shots for these guys. And Luka's getting those open shots for them. And even, like, Christian Wood got one open for Dorian. That was the one he made. You know, it was a it was a pass from Wood because the guy had to come down when because Wood took his man off the dribble and the guy came down to try and stop him and he left Dorian by himself. So, you know, he's gonna get they're gonna get open shots. It's just about making them. Uh, Josh Green played well. Josh Green's very active. Like I said in the last game, um, he did get his three pointer. He made it. He was two for two on his free throws. You know, one of the things I'd like to see him do, and I, I didn't pay attention to his free throws, but I do remember last year when he got to the free throw line, the few times he did, that he sort of rushed it. And it's something I'd like to tell him, you know, slow down. You get, you know, you're given time to shoot those shots. You know, take your time. I didn't see if he took his time. I, I wasn't paying attention to that, but seeing him make those is good. So, but he, he's always so active. I You know, 15 minutes is probably... It is good for Josh Green. Maybe you could bump it a little bit more if, um, obviously, if they needed to continue to sort of play. You know, they were up. They were up so big throughout the third and fourth quarter that obviously these minutes this game are a little whack. You know, because like Powell and Pinson got seven minutes. Right, those guys probably aren't playing uh, like in Phoenix. That neither of them played. You know, Hardy got six minutes. And Wright and Dorsey had four apiece. But one thing I will say is, you know, Dorsey had a really tough preseason. And seeing him go out there and hit those four shots, it, it was really good for him. I really liked that for him. Um, I, there was a report. I, you know, I never trust reports, but there was a report that Dallas was thinking about moving on from him. I, I don't know if those were true or not. But, you know, because two-way contracts can be given out like candy and stuff but I, I was happy for him to come in and hit those shots that you know that gives him a lot of confidence um and if if there's an emergency situation where you know like a few now i know it's we're sort of in a different time but a few years back like you know remember five guys got like COVID at once and you you had random players in the league you know you there were even last year they were bringing guys in Isaiah Thomas got a game or whatever you know it, it's nice that maybe Tyler Dorsey is somebody that you could you know bring in and maybe if he he had to play a few games he could so um, overall I thought it was a fantastic win there was a couple things that stuck out and it's some things that I, I think the national media is not going to talk about. Um, I do think there's this, uh, and I, I know some people might, people who aren't Mavs fans, might see this as somebody like something like I'm saying it's sort of hating on Jaw, but I, I'm not. I'm just going off what I watched, right? But it seemed like in the first couple quarters they were sort of hunting Jaw on defense because, you know, as flashy as Morant is, he's not a good defender at all. You know, they do like to show his fancy blocks, and those blocks are neat. 
But just because you have neat blocks doesn't make you a good defender. He is a small player. And one thing I noticed is when Spencer had the ball and Morant was on him, they attacked Morant. Um, and then when Luca would have the ball, the the person that Morant was guarding, they would screen for Luca, and Luca would get the switch. And they they targeted him a lot. They were looking for him on defense because. He is the smallest player out there on the court. Um, I don't think I, I guess Hardy's probably the even Hardy's probably the smallest player for the map. No, I guess that McKinley right, but he's technically a two way guy. But Hardy's the smallest nor roster player for the Mavs, and he's bigger than John Morant, right? So John Morant was one of the smallest guys out there on the court during the important times, right? And so they they attacked him, and you know it's funny. I, this is like a copycat league, right? If a team sees one team doing something and it's successful, the other teams will sort of copy it. And I'm wondering if teams are going to sort of copy that. You know, attack Jaw, make him play defense, make him, you know, foul. He, you know, he did have, uh, he had three fouls. This was a rough game for the officials. I will say that. I, I There for a few minutes, I thought the officials were trying to make it a, a competitive game. There was a lot of, like, calls made that just there was a a foul on uh i i can't remember if it was bullock or dorian or something but it was stephen adams threw a screen and he moved his hip into the guy and it was clearly a moving screen but they called i think it was bullock i can't remember which player it was but they called him for the foul and i'm like that's not a foul on the mavs that's a foul on it's a foul on adams for a moving screen but uh, another thing is there's going to be a lot of built-in excuses for this game. Um, you know, obviously Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson didn't play, and they're playing on a second night of a back-to-back. But I, I will say this, that they're just they're teams that are bad matchups for other teams. Obviously, they're teams the Mavs match up poorly against. But for me, Memphis is a team that matches up poorly with Dallas. Um and if you go back and you look at the matchup the last few years, it's it's very clear Dallas has dominated the series. You know, last year they were they beat them three to one, and it's just I and a lot of people don't like to hear that, but you know they're just a bad matchup. It's a team like Phoenix. Dallas struggles against Phoenix in the regular season. Obviously, it was different in the playoffs last year, and all those COVID excuses are just that excuses. They didn't have COVID. They just got outplayed. But the you know Dallas matches up poorly for whatever reason against Phoenix. They can never beat Phoenix for whatever reason. They can't figure it out. And the to me Memphis they struggle against Dallas. They have a hard time playing Dallas. And like I said, the national guys they don't talk about that. They they're building Memphis up and. Look, Memphis is going to have a good record at the end of the year. I get it, but they're really pushing like John Morant and stuff like that, and it's fine. You know, he's he's a good player, but you know, that, watching that that block Dorian had on Morant, you know, if that was vice versa, you would have seen that on every channel or every sports network would have played that over and over, right? But since it was Dorian Block and Jaw, nobody talks about it. It won't even make NBA's top 10 plays, right? Because 
NBA releases a top 10 plays of the night. That won't even make the top 10 plays. I'm wondering if the Luka, because Luka's blocked shot and then alley-oop to Christian Wood. That, that To me, that should be a top two or three play. But like I said, the NBA, for whatever reason, doesn't like the Mavs. So. But Memphis does struggle against Dallas. It's very clear. There's a large example. There's a large sample size. And... That's why, you know, there's some, uh, like I listen to different pods and stuff, and there's a pod I listen to where one of the guys is a Memphis person, and he just, he, anytime he gets a chance to talk about how bad Dallas is going to be this year, he makes sure he pushes that narrative, because he just doesn't like Dallas, because Dallas is better than his team, and stuff like that's annoying. Um, I think people are, I, I for whatever reason, they're m- Treat like and like I said, Jaw's a fantastic player. I'm not saying he's not. Memphis did get a cushion, cush schedule the first two games. They got a a fringe playing team for game one and a lottery team for game two. So, of course, they played well against New York and Houston. So I, I just want to see how you know they played against Dallas and Dallas. I thought did a fantastic job in defending them. And not allowing anybody to really go off. So, um, other than that, uh, the next game, I don't think it's till until Tuesday. As I recall, I was looking at, I guess they sort of spread these games out while the football season's on. And then I think when football sort of, or December comes along, they start playing a little more often but uh tuesday's the mavs next game against new orleans new orleans has a a hot start i'm a little nervous about this game uh new orleans beat brooklyn in their first game and then they beat um i you know i can't remember who it was i did even watch some oh charlotte charlotte's not that good they beat charlotte but uh, New Orleans looks really good. New Orleans, New Orleans has. Um, it seems like they have a guy who can create his own shot at, at so many different levels. Like you know, Zion can get his own shot. Ingram can get his own shot. C.J. McCollum can get his own shot. Valanciunas, man, that guy can get his own shot. You know. Herb Jones and I guess his name's Troy or Trey Murphy, something, one of those two. Um, those guys are three and D guys, but that's that's okay when you're out there with four guys that can create their own shots. And then that Alvarado guy, he can get to the rim, he can create for others, and they're just man, they're a dangerous team. And I, I'm curious to see how this goes against Dallas. I, I think Dallas is a I think Dallas is a really good team that they can. They are good enough to beat New Orleans, and I, I'm I'm excited to see this game on Tuesday to see sort of how they match up. Now, obviously, Dallas is still working in some new guys, so you know you can't really you know judge the Mavs right now. I don't think. I, I think once. You're 20 games in, then you can start saying, you know, what are the trends and stuff like that. But right now, obviously, they're still trying to work in McGee, Hardaway, even. 
and you know Christian Wood, uh, you know McGee is will be there to defend Valanciunas. One thing I noticed against um, Brooklyn, you know, I watched the Brooklyn New Orleans game. Is Brooklyn did not have anybody to defend Valanciunas. You know, Valanciunas is a huge guy, and Nick Claxton just had no chance against him. So, you know, at least Dallas does have um, McGee to do a lot of that. And even Christian Wood um, has a lot of length. And I thought, you know, Christian Wood played Steven Adams well when he had to. Of course, even I thought Luca played Steven Adams well when he had to. So um, that should be a, a good game. And then Dallas does play the Nets after that. Um, you know, the Nets have good players, but I, there's something about them right now. I, I don't know. There's something off about the Nets. So the next two games for the Mavs are, are, are good games. They're tough games. And, you know, if they can come out 2-2 two and two to start the season, I think that's just fine. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, obviously, I want them to be 3-1 and one after those. But, you know, when you're trying to work in three new guys – to your offense and I, and I do include Tim Hardaway because you know Tim Hardaway wasn't there when after they made that uh, Dinwiddie trade and their offense did change once they shipped KP out and you know the the offense with Porzingis was really bad offense in my opinion and obviously there's a lot of people that thought the same so it you know it is a different they do play different you know they don't for they don't have to force it to anybody anymore and they just they let everything happen, and I I'm eager to see how you know these these games come out, and you know after these four games that they were you know Dallas got to start the season, the the schedule sort of eases up, and you know if they can stay you know healthy and continue to improve, I, I just for me they're just as good as any other team in the league. Um, last night I watched Denver and New Orleans. And or not New Orleans, Denver and the uh, Warriors, Golden State Warriors and Denver. You know they played very well and they beat Golden State. Um, it did get a little hairy in the end, but you know Denver went out there. They played tough, and you know they showed that Golden State is beatable. Um, Portland went out last night and beat the Suns. And somehow Portland's two and zero already. I'm, you know, good for them. One of the things that uh, that is noticeable is, you know, Jeremy. Of course, Jeremy Grant only had eight, but you know, Lillard had forty one last night. Uh, you know, he probably can't do it every night, but you know, he still shows that you know he can get out there and score. Um, Simons is a good player, and. Um, you know, Josh Hart's a, a quality guy. But, you know, Portland started off 2-0. Another team that started off 2-0 is the Utah Jazz. You know, they beat the Timberwolves. Um, a lot of people were sort of high on the Timberwolves. Um, I thought they could be the 7th or 8th team. Um, when I did my predictions, I felt like the, the Timberwolves and New Orleans was going to occupy the 7 and 8 spots. Um, I, I still think the Timberwolves could be a seven or eight team. New Orleans, the way they're playing, New Orleans could be one of those teams that could sneak in, and somebody's going to have to. One of these, the top six teams that I had, you know, between you know Phoenix, 
Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, the Clippers, and uh, Denver. One of those teams might have to play the play-in game if New Orleans sort of continues to play the way they are. So, uh, But seeing Utah go 2-0 is kind of funny. I'm curious as to how many trades might happen within the next few weeks because, you know, they don't want to win too many games. Uh, you know, I could see uh, a guy like Conley or Clarkson being shipped out for not a lot to a team who might think they, you know, could get a bump in the standings if, if they added somebody like Clarkson. Uh, one of the things that Utah is getting a lot of right now is Lowry Markinen. Markinen has been fantastic, but Markinen's biggest problem is his health. He's never really been able to stay healthy, and I I fully expect him to probably get injured and miss you know thirty games, and then Utah will struggle to score like they have, because Markinen's been great, um, sort of been like a different player, but. Uh, the Celtics beat the Heat, and they actually also played tonight. They played Orlando and beat Orlando, so the Celtics are already 3-0. and um, The Clippers and the Kings are playing right now. I am doing this after the game this time. I Sometimes I wait the next day, but being a Saturday night, I'm still awake. Um, so, you know, the Kings are currently playing the uh, Clippers and one thing I did notice is um, I hadn't seen Kawhi Leonard play I I'm guessing he's a scratch yeah he's inactive him and John Wall were inactive uh, you know I understand they're trying to um, keep his minutes down from coming back but I mean you gotta let the guy play at some point I don't know uh, the Spurs had somewhat of a, a surprising win against uh, Philadelphia. Um, Philly's zero and three. That's not a very good start for them. They, you know, they played Milwaukee and Boston. Uh, I think it was Boston. Yeah, they played to start the season. Um, and you, you thought, okay, they, they went 0-2. They played two of the top teams in the East. So now they're given the Spurs. And it's like, okay, this is a team they can beat. Um, it sort of gives them a break from their tough start of the schedule. And, man, they go out and lose that. You know, Embiid did have 40 and 13. And, uh, you know, Maxi had 25. But James Harden only had 12 points. He was 4 for 18. Um, that's a tough, that's a tough loss for Philadelphia. You know, I, I don't know. I know they're not going to obviously be winless. They're going to win some games, but, uh, you know, you, you got to beat those teams that you should. Um, that's one thing I need Dallas to do. You know, Dallas lost a few games at the end of the year, one against Orlando and one against Oklahoma city that, you know, they could have been the third seed and, and as opposed to the fourth. And they sort of, they let that one get away. Um, you know, that, that would have brought an interesting dynamic to the, uh, the playoffs had they uh, been able to, you know, move ahead. But, uh, you know, the Heat 
beat the Raptors, so the Heat finally got their first win. The Cavaliers just pounded the Bulls. They got their first win. The Bucks beat the Rockets. The Rockets haven't won yet. And so uh, the Nuggets did get a win. Again, they played a back-to-back, an early back-to-back against Oklahoma City. So they're 2-1. and one. Um, Obviously... It's it's really early to you know start looking at standings and stuff because they're not going to make sense. But I, I will say there are a few things that stick out. One is the Lakers. They're they're zero and two. I know they're going to win some games. I know that I get it. But man, their supporting cast is rough. I, I don't you know I had them finishing eleventh and. I just don't see them being one of the 10 best teams in the West. I just don't. Maybe something happens and they they sneak in there. I don't know, but I just don't see it happening. Um, Obviously, Utah sitting at 2-0 is probably not going to last. You know, San Antonio's 2-1. They're probably going to hit reality. So, you know, once... Once you get about 20 games in, things start to uh, level out. Um, you know, like the Wizards are 2-0 and and the Hawks are 2-0. and You know, Orlando is 0-3 and Philly's 0-3. I, you know, I did have Orlando, I think, finishing 14th um, behind Detroit. I felt like Indiana was probably the only team that was worse than Orlando. Charlotte is probably going to struggle. If Gordon Hayward plays, I saw Gordon Hayward playing today. If Gordon Hayward plays, they've got a chance to win games. You know, the problem is Gordon Hayward doesn't play a lot. I think somebody had a mock trade, like that Bleacher Report. They they write articles on mock trades, and they're always really bad trades. They had Dallas trading for Gordon Hayward. I'm not interested in Gordon Hayward at all. Even if it's for Bertans, you know I know Bertans is not playing right now, but at least Bertans plays, right? Bertans doesn't miss a lot of games. Gordon Hayward will miss seventy percent of a season, and that's just sort of who he's been the last several years. And I'm just not interested in a player who's going to miss seventy percent of the season. I don't care how good he is, if he's not out there playing, why do you have him? So, you know that's part of one of the frustrations with Porzingis is he's. Just he's only gonna play fifty to sixty games and you just gotta write that down and you just don't know when. You know, Anthony Davis is the same way. You know, Anthony Davis's talent is obviously greater than those others, but at the end of the day, if you're not gonna have Anthony Davis at the end of the year to help make a playoff push, then what are you doing with him? I mean, you're you're just paying him at this point to sit on the bench and cheer. So I just for me Charlotte will probably drop. Um, if Orlando's going to have a better record than anybody, it'll be Charlotte. But I, Orlando's going in the right direction. If they do get a top five pick, it's only going to make them better in the future. So I, I know you don't want to lose a bunch of games and you know bring a culture of losing. But that you know they're a young team, but uh, they play hard and they've competed in their games, and so. They they don't really have anything to hang their heads down on. They they need to be they sh- they're a team that's on the rise at some point. So 
Uh, other than that, the, you know, obviously standings look funny at this point, but uh, I think I uh, think I'm gonna go ahead and end it there. I didn't do as long as a long of a pod as normal, but you know the the way the game went, it was such a dominant game for the Mavs. There there wasn't really a ton to talk about. Um, they did everything that you wanted them to do coming off of that loss. I think they, you know, they recognized that it was a bad loss. They recognized that it's a loss they shouldn't have had. And they went out there and they did what they thought they needed to do, had to do, and that's dominate the next team. And, you know, it's, they're good enough to play that way every night. And if they play that way every night, uh, they can compete against any team. So, um, like I said, I'm excited to see Tuesday's game, and I'm excited to see the Brooklyn game and to see what, you know, they do these next two games to see if there's anything different. Uh, you know, I, I felt like before, obviously before they started putting guys on the bench in the fourth because they didn't need them, you know, the starters, they kind of went to the, the garbage time, as they say. I, I did like the fact that Wood was getting more minutes. You could tell Wood was out there more often than he was against Phoenix. You could tell that Kid realized that, you know, hey, this guy needs more minutes. Well, this guy doesn't need to be on our bench. Watching the other team come back, only good things happen when he's in the game. He's a bad matchup for everybody. He's a tough player to guard. Uh, You know, Christian Wood's the kind of player guys can look at who are struggling to get in this league and all of a sudden they, you know, Middleton was another one. Middleton was a guy who sort of struggled to start his career. But, you know, he's become an all-star. And, you know, Middleton's a guy that guys can look at. And Christian Wood's another guy you can look at. He's a guy who struggled at the start of his career. He showed flashes of... Um, greatnesses, as they call it. I don't know if it's called greatness, but I do remember several years ago, even back when he was in Milwaukee, people talking about, you know, this guy for Christian Wood, you got to watch out for him. Um, He's a guy that has something. And if he can put it together, then the sky's the limit. And, you know, good for him. He's putting it together. He's on a team that not only needs him, but a team that has championship aspirations and he's never been on that kind of team. Um, You know, he is 27. So, you know, he does have a good six to eight years of prime basketball left. I do think you can play into your prime around the age of 35. So um, in today's, not like today's NBA, but you know, the way they train and the way the guys, you know, sort of take care of their bodies. You, you can play in your prime till um, your mid-30s. So, you know, Dirk's, Dirk's last year was tough to watch. That surgery on his ankle didn't go so well. But year 20 for Dirk uh, was a good year. He didn't struggle. Um, you know, he's a guy who... He sort of changed the way he played, obviously. Um, 
he did more. Uh, he played more center. I felt like, obviously, because they needed him. But, you know, his twentieth year in the season, he did average twelve points a game. Um, his nineteenth year in the season, and they have him listed at center, which is funny. His nineteenth year, he averaged fourteen uh, points a game, and his eighteenth year. He averaged 18 points a game. So, you know, this was a guy, he was in his, he was above the age of 35 and still averaging 18 points a game. Now, this is Dirk we're talking about. Obviously, there's not that many players that are better than Dirk that's ever played this game. I'm not trying to say Christian Wood's Dirk. But what I am saying is the way basketball is now, the way health is now, you can play for a long time. So, um, Christian Wood's going to be a guy that plays with them for a long time, hopefully. And, you know, if they could add one more guy, I, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who's available or who's going to be available. I, if Dallas could just get one more fringe all-star player, I, I just think they could, you know, because going up against Golden State, you know, they got five guys on their roster that made an all-star team. Or four guys. Um with uh let's see there's clay curry wiggins and green yeah they have four guys that have made all-star teams and you know when you're playing a team like that and you only have one guy that's made an all-star it, it can be tough so I, I just think if dallas can just bring in one more guy i i think they should be flavored so favored flavored favored um but anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. I'll probably do my next pod on Wednesday after the Mavs game. Um, I do work during the week, so um, staying up to do a pod would be tough unless they played um, an early time slot. Like if they played at 6 o'clock, that's one thing. But playing at 7.30, they would they end at 10 and staying up to do a pod and then getting up going to work, stuff like that. A little tough. So I'll probably do my next pod on Wednesday after the game and until then if you could rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast I would appreciate it for the algorithms but uh, until next time we'll see you later